Hello and thank you for joining me here today at Why the Book Wins, where I compare books with their movie adaptations. My name is Laura and today I am talking about how Stella got her groove back by Terry McMillan, published in 1996. And I'm comparing it with the movie by the same name, directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan and released in 1998. And the reason I decided to cover this one is because in June I covered The Perfect Fine, the novel by Tia Williams, and then they had the Netflix movie that came out. And that's another story that's about a woman who falls for a guy 20 years her junior. And as I was reading that book, it made me think of How Stella Got Her Groove back, which I had read before. I read this back in like 2020, but I had never seen the movie. And so reading Perfect Fine just brought Stella memories and made me want to return to this book. And since I never watched the movie, it just seemed like a good time to do a book first movie for this one. And I will say as far as the book review goes for How Stella Got Her Groove Back, I remember when I read this in 2020, it didn't really make much of an impact on me. It also wasn't until after the fact, like years later, just last year actually, is when I found out about Terry McMillan and her real life husband who inspired this book and the drama that went on there, which I will be getting into later in this video. So it was interesting reading this book with that in mind. And I mean, it's sad too, but for the most part, this book was just pretty underwhelming. And I feel like it stays very surface level. I never felt like super invested in these characters and in their relationship. And there's like issues that come up that are just very quickly resolved and they just kind of move past it. And things also just happen very fast. And then the way it's written is like done in a very conversational tone. And I listened to this audio as an audiobook, which it was only like a two hour long audiobook. So this might be considered a novella because it is so short. Terry McMillan narrates it and it almost just feels like a friend is just telling you about this experience she had, which can be a fun way to write a book. But for the most part, yeah, I just didn't find the writing to be anything too special. And yeah, this book was super popular when it came out and the movie was very popular. And while I do think there is something about the name, it's just a very memorable, unique, catchy name. So I think that worked in its favor. But also she had Waiting to Exhale, which had already come out and they'd already adapted that with Whitney Houston. So maybe the popularity of Waiting to Exhale helped this one be so popular. But as far as the story itself, I don't feel like there was much to it. So it like didn't make sense to me why this was so popular. But if you are someone who read this and watched the movie at the time they came out, I would love to hear your thoughts. And because I was, you know, this came out in 96 and I was too young <laughs> to be reading this book at that time. So I'm reading this, you know, 30 years later. And so I do have a different perspective than those who were reading it at the time when there was all this hype around it, you know. But when it comes to the movie review, so this movie stars Angela Bassett and Tay Diggs. And I know looks aren't the most important thing when it comes to a good movie, but I I just wanted to say like how hot both of them are in this movie. Angela Bassett was like 38 or 39 when she filmed this, but she looks like 10 years younger. She looks incredible in this movie. And it made me think of Their Eyes Were Watching God, which stars Holly Berry. And she also plays a 40 year old woman in that movie. And I remember watching that and thinking how like Holly Berry clearly wasn't old enough for the role, but they cast her anyway. And then after the fact, I saw that Holly Berry actually was 40 at the time, <laughs> but she and Angela Bassett have just aged so well. So even though they were 40, they looked like they were 30 and they just both look amazing in those two movies. Which along with The Perfect Find, The Rise We're Watching God is also about a woman who is 40 and falls for a guy like 20 years younger. So I will link to that as well and if you are curious to hear my book first movie for that one. But I also thought that in this movie the characters just had great chemistry between each other. Like Angela Bassett and Tay Diggs have very believable chemistry which is very important in a romance. But on top of that I thought she had great chemistry with Whoopi Goldberg who plays like her best friend and then the chemistry between her and her sisters, one of whom is played by Regina King. And then the chemistry between her and her 11 year old son I thought was very believable too. So very well cast all the way around with this. 
And I do think this movie probably could have been, it's two hours long and I think it could have been like 20 to 30 minutes shorter because there are some like side plots going on, specifically with Whoopi Goldberg's character. In the second half of the movie, there's something that happens with her that I was just kind of like, what? <laughs> like, why is this happening right now? And it felt like it just added more than was necessary to the movie. I do like Whoopi Goldberg though, and I thought she was very funny and fun in the first half of the film. And also any Whoopi Goldberg fans, I have covered The Color of Purple. I did that a few months ago if you want to check out that episode. I am so excited for the new The Color Purple. It comes out in December. But anyway, so yeah, even though I liked Goldberg's character, I did think her plot line kind of went in a direction that seemed unnecessary. But going forward, I'm going to be getting into the details of the plot of book and movie and what are different between the two. So from here on out, I will be getting into spoilers. And I'm actually going to start with Delilah, who is the Whoopi Goldberg character. So first of all, she is not in the book at all. Her character does not exist. <laughs> but in the movie, Stella goes to Jamaica with Delilah, whereas in the book, she just went by herself. And so they go to Jamaica and they have a good time. And then halfway through the movie, Stella is back in Jamaica when she hears about her friend Delilah and that she's in the hospital and she is dying of cancer and she'd had cancer for a while she just never told Stella about it so Stella flies back to the hospital to see her and then Delilah passes away and then we have a funeral scene and at her funeral Winston shows up because he'd been in Jamaica but he flies to America to help Stella as she deals with the death of her friend and then we also see like later on she's like crying in the night missing Delilah and Winston is there comforting her and so it seemed like Delilah's death was just used as a device to get Stella to realize like what's important in life and how short life is is and you just got to go for what you want. And then also like we get to see Winston be a very supportive kind person as he helps comfort Stella. So I get why they included that as far as, you know, it helping out the relationship between Stella and Winston. For the, for the most part though, I thought her death was just unnecessary and she, I didn't think it was needed for the story as a whole. And I felt like it just made the story longer than it needed to be. But to talk now about Stella and Winston, who are of course the focus of this story. So in both, so Stella and Winston meet at her hotel when they're eating breakfast and right away, Winston is coming on very strong in Stella. She's definitely hesitant for a while because of the age gap. However, before long, she just kind of, you know, gets over it and they end up going out together and they end up having sex pretty soon. And then from there, they just become very close to one another and start falling in love. And he does have different work obligations that kind of get in the way of their relationship. And it, you know, causes Stella to be upset. And it also causes her to doubt um, how invested he is in this relationship with her. And she thinks he just sees it as like a fling, but he's trying to convince her like, no, like I actually care about you. I wish I didn't have to work, but you know, I got to keep my job. But eventually her Jamaican vacation comes to an end and she goes back to America. And when she gets back to America, she finds out that she has been fired from her job in both book and movie. And so since she is no longer working, she decides to go back to Jamaica. And this time she brings her son with her along with her niece and the kids get along great with Winston. In the book, Winston still flakes on them a number of times because of work commitments. But for the most part, he gets along great with the kids. And in the movie, he gets along great with them as well. But we also have a scene in the movie with this second Jamaica trip. He introduces her to his parents and he just springs it on her without telling her in advance. And so she's very upset being like, I'm not ready to meet your parents. And his mom is only one year older than Stella. And so the mom is like, uh, you must be 
pretty desperate to be dating, dating my son when he is like so much younger than you and you should be ashamed of yourself. And so Stella is just very put on the spot and very embarrassed with this whole interaction. But that wasn't in the book at all. She never meets his parents. And in the book specifically, her sisters will tell her like, you know, you need to be careful because of the age gap, but also because he's, you know, from a different country. And she's like, he might just be trying to get with you for, you know, a green card marriage, or maybe he just wants you for your money. So like, you should be careful. Because like I said, this all happened so quickly. So it's very understandable that her sisters would have been like, ah, oh, you know, like, watch out, you could have some ulterior motives. In the movie, it seems like they weren't so worried about him being a foreigner, but more worried about the age gap. And there is a part where like the uppity sister says something to her about how like, I mean, you have to have your doubts about this relationship. And Stella has that moment where she's like, of course I do. And she's honest and vulnerable by admitting that. And so then her and the sister like have a bonding moment after this when, you know, Stella lets her guard down and shows how like, yeah, like I do have my concerns about dating a guy 20 years younger. I'm not like blind to seeing the problems that could arise, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't still love him and want it to work, you know? But like I said, in the movie, we have Delilah's funeral and Winston comes to America. And then from there, he basically lives with Stella for a while. Whereas in the book, Stella, you know, she goes to Jamaica twice. And after the second time, she comes back home. And then she sends Winston a ticket, like an open-ended ticket. So she pays for him to come to America. And he flies out for three weeks and she they're living together. And in the movie, they did a better job at showing just how Winston is trying to fit into her world and how she's trying to fit into his, but how it can be an awkward fit at times due to the age gap. And also the fact that, you know, she is wealthy and has a good job, whereas he doesn't. So she's always paying for things. Whereas in the book, yeah, we just never really dive into any of those issues and any of those doubts and worries she'd, she'd had, which uh, Terry McMillan wrote this when she was like fresh off of the love from the real guy she met. And so it does kind of seem like maybe she doesn't address the issues in the book because maybe where she was at at the time in her life, she wasn't even thinking about the issues and she was still just so in love with him that she was blinded to potential issues where, because yeah, the movie, we actually go more into that. And I thought they explored it way better than the book did because the book doesn't really explore it at all. But in the end of the book, you know, Stella is getting kind of moody about him having to leave soon because she doesn't want him to leave. And so they have this heart to heart where he tells her like, you know, I don't want to leave either. And I love you. And I'm thinking that I could go to, he wants to be a chef. And so he's like, I could go to culinary school here in California and we could get married. And so she's like on board with that. And it ends with just them looking to the future, feeling very positive about it and basically showing that he's going to stay in America and they're going to get married. Whereas in the book, it ends with Winston being like, you know what, clearly this isn't working and I'm just having a hard time fitting in your world. And he also proposes to her in the movie and she takes a long time responding and she like doesn't know if she wants to or not. And so he's like, you know, I proposed to you like two weeks ago and you haven't said anything. And clearly this just doesn't seem to be working as well. So I think I should just go back home to Jamaica and go to medical school because he wants to be a doctor in the book. Sorry, in the movie. And so initially Stella is like, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. But then when he arrives at the airport, turns out Stella beat him there. And she's like, yes, I want to marry you. And how about you just go to school here in California? And so it ends with them kissing and it's implied that he will stay in America and they'll get married and it'll be happily ever after. But then also I wanted to talk about Stella's job because like I said, in both, she gets fired from her job. But in the book, she had created functional art and that was like a hobby of hers. And partway through the book, her friend has an art show and Stella uh, contributes one of her pieces to the art show and she meets this guy who is very taken with her art. And so by the end of the book, this guy has called her up like wanting to work with her. And so she has a lead as 
advice as to how she can make money doing something she loves because she wasn't passionate about her job like it paid well but she didn't have passion towards it but by the end of the book she has like a concrete plan as to how to go forward with this whereas in the movie she is fired but then her boss calls her back and is like hey turns out you're an integral part of this company and we want to hire you back but then she tells them no because again she didn't have a passion for that job and so she decides she wants to work on her art which she is passionate about and the movie ends with that so we don't know like how she's gonna make money with her art and how that goes about and she doesn't have any concrete leads the way she did in the book but we just know that it's her plan to do something with it. Um, and then some other changes I just wanted to touch on and just some final comments. So there's a part in the movie when they're in Jamaica and they go to a bar and the bartender is a woman who is being very flirty with Winston and she's also talking about how Stella is his mom being like, oh, you must be so happy to be spending time with your mom. And instead of like getting embarrassed or, you know, getting upset about this, they just play along with it. And then they end up kissing, being like, acting like she's his mom, which is kind of awkward, but also kind of funny. And then also there's a scene in both book and movie where they go to a pajama disco. It's different in book and movie because in the book she meets with Winston there and like right after they meet he's told he has to go change because he's not wearing pajamas. So he leaves to go put pajamas on and while he's gone Stella leaves the party and then when he comes back he sees she's gone. So they never really interact much at that party whereas in the book they both show up but they're in their pajamas and they're dancing and having a good time. But then like in the book the party gets kind of crazy and people are getting naked and so that's when Stella is like, I'm out of here. But I thought the pajama disco scene, we also have Whoopi Goldberg and the two guys that she's into are there. And just like seeing Stella and Winston dancing together, clearly having fun. And then just the guy that Whoopi Goldberg is trying to get Stella with. And just, it was just a very fun, cute scene in the movie. And then I did want to mention Regina King again because she plays Stella's sister, not the one who's all uppity, but the more laid back fun one. <laughs> and she is so funny and so entertaining and she's in a, like a decent amount of the movie, but I almost wish she was in more because I just loved every scene she was in. She has like a funky hairstyle going on, but yeah, I loved her character and she was just so fun. But before I wrap things up, I did want to talk about Terry McMillan because as I said, she wrote this book based on her own experience. So she went to Jamaica when she was 40 and she met this guy named Jonathan Plummer who was like 20 and they get together very quickly and things move very fast. And she did have family being like, you know, be careful. He probably just wants a green card marriage or he wants your money or whatever. But she doesn't believe him. And she's like, no, like she just fell so hard for this guy. And so he comes to America and they're married. And then in 2005, so they'd been together. I think they got married maybe in 98 or maybe they got married in 96. Anyway, a few years after their marriage, he comes out and tells her that he is gay and he wants a divorce. And so I think he claimed that like he in Jamaica, like it's just not acceptable, acceptable for a man to be gay. And so he just kind of suppressed those emotions, I guess. And it wasn't until he came to America. And then just as he got older, it just became more apparent that he was attracted to men, which again, I don't know this guy. So I'm just kind of making assumptions. But I did read that he talked about how he was raised in a culture where being gay wasn't an option, right? And so you could say that he definitely was being kind of devious and wanting to get with her so he could move to America. America potentially but I would like to think that maybe he also did care for Terry McMillan and he did fall in love with her to some extent as too right and it's not like he was only trying to use her but obviously there was just it was a very difficult time for Terry McMillan and she was very embarrassed 
And she ended up suing him for emotional damages. And also this whole thing caused people to call her homophobic because she was so upset about it that they were like, oh, you're upset that he's gay, you're homophobic. And she's like, no, I'm not upset that he's gay. I'm upset, I'm upset that, you know, he married me and now like he's saying he's gay and just everything that was happening, right? And all of this drama. So she sued him. However, she withdrew the lawsuit because she decided that she just, she didn't want to extend the drama, right? And she didn't want to hold on to these negative feelings. So she canceled the lawsuit. And in like a 2010 interview, I think, which they were on Oprah and they're in a better, they're on better terms now. And they said like, you know, we're not best friends, but we're friendly. And then also Jonathan Plummer, and I think in 2010, he published his own book called Balancing Act, which similar to Stella definitely seems to be semi-autobiographical because it's about a guy who marries a woman and then they move to America. And then a few years into this marriage, he finds himself being attracted to men. So I haven't read the book, but I did think that was interesting that he wrote his own fictionalized story. But yeah, all in all, I just, I do feel bad for Macmillan having to go through all of that. But like I said, I would like to think more positively of Jonathan Plummer and like, yeah, I'm sure there were some red flags with her marrying him, but I would like to think that he actually did care about her and it wasn't just about coming to America or just about wanting her money or something. But again, I don't know either of them. So who am I to try to guess what the whole situation really was? But on to book versus movie. So I did try to think of this without Terry McMillan's real life in the back of my mind and just see it as fiction for what it is. Because when you think about the real story behind it, it does kind of ruin the appeal because it doesn't end quite as happily ever after as you think it will based on the book and movie. But anyway, so seeing this just as fiction, I will say that I like the movie better. <laughs> I was just throughout the first half, like when she's back and forth in Jamaica, like I just felt myself smiling so much throughout the whole first half because it's just so fun. And again, just great chemistry. And it's just a very enjoyable movie. In the second half, it gets more serious, but I still enjoyed that. And I thought they did a really good job at going into the complications of this relationship. And I thought it was amazing performances by everybody. And yeah, again, the book just felt more surface level, whereas the movie, I felt like we went more in depth into their relationship and why they were drawn to each other, but also the issues that come about. Very similar to The Perfect Find. I feel like a lot of these things I'm saying, I said not that long ago when talking about The Perfect Find. But yeah, so the movie wins here. I would recommend it. I had a good time with it, like I just said. So yeah, comment down below if you have read this book or seen the movie. And again, specifically, if you read this book when it came out, I would like to know what your experience was with it. So yeah, share down below and we can talk about this. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, don't forget to give my podcast a rating and review. And then I did mention their eyes were watching God. So if you want to check out that video, I will link to it here and you can go ahead and click on it. And then also, you know, the perfect find could be another one you're interested in if you enjoyed this video. So again, thank you so much for watching and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can email me at whythebookwins at gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram, which is all one word, whythebookwins. Or you can comment on the YouTube video for this episode if you have thoughts about this specific book and movie. And my YouTube name is, you guessed it, Why the Book Wins. <laughs> and I love interacting with my audience and I'm always replying to my comments and my messages and emails and I love hearing from you guys. So it would mean a lot for me to hear the input that you have. I really appreciate it and I appreciate you listening. And once again, I hope you like this episode and join me next week for the latest installment of Why the Book Wins.